it is Christmas, and I just want to say that me personally, I am just the biggest fan of Christmas. I, I, I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I'm just a fanatic. I love the food, the presents, the decorations, the lights, the music, you name it. The second, like, Thanksgiving day is over, I turn on Christmas music almost nonstop um, until through Christmas Day. I just, I love Christmas. I'm a fanatic for it. But sometimes I guess my fanaticism is not a good thing. Like, I'm very kind of, not just fanatical, but very particular about Christmas. I'll tell you the story. My wife can attest to this. So last year at Christmas, Michelle and I were dating, and it was our first Christmas as a couple, and so we were going to exchange presents. And, you know, like, when you first give kind of that first Christmas, you want to, with somebody you love, like, you want to do it right, you want to spend enough money, don't be too cheap and all that. And so Michelle and I were talking about it before we exchanged gifts, and she said, so I've got your presents, she said, but I've kind of run out of wrapping paper, and so I have enough to, like, put some strips of wrapping paper on your boxes, but I can't cover the whole box. Is that okay? And she was being just creative and frugal, and I appreciate that. And I probably played this card a little too early, but I was like, yeah, I really need you to go buy more wrapping paper and wrap the whole box. And she was like, are you kidding? I was like, I'm really not kidding. I said, it's, I was raised, like seriously, my parents raised me to wrap presents right. And I've wrapped presents and my dad will be like, do that again. I'll be like, are you kidding? He goes, yeah, and put a bow on it. I'm like, man. So I think I've inherited that. So I really was like, I really need you to go wrap or buy wrapping paper because I need to unwrap a whole present. And she bought it, um, and I think she was kind of stunned that I was so particular. But here's the thing. She kind of got back at me, I think not on purpose but accidentally in this sense, because she bought wrapping paper with glitter, and I hate glitter with every ounce of my life. I hate glitter. It is like the worst. I mean, I opened these presents, and all I was thinking was, there's glitter on my hands, there's glitter on my clothes, there's glitter everywhere. And so she didn't mean to. She wasn't being malicious, but she did get back at me with the glitter wrapping paper. So all that to say, I love Christmas, and I'm very particular about it. And one thing I really just about Christmas is the Christmas story. I, I think it's such a great story, the biblical account of Jesus' birth. You know, it's, it's, it's a great story. I mean, it's got good guys and bad guys. It's got intrigue and adventure. It's got double-crossing. It's got action in it, you know. It's such a cool, cool story if you read it from start to finish and if you know the details. And the thing about the Christmas story, we know that it's about Jesus. He is the central main character, of course. But there are a lot of other people, a lot of other cast members in the story. And we're doing this series, The Supporting Cast of Christmas, and we're looking at some of the other people, some of the other characters in the Christmas story. You know, and we're looking at them. You have these people like Mary and Joseph, and you've got Gabriel and Elizabeth, the innkeeper, the shepherds all these different people, and we just want to understand, we can't look at all of them, but we want to look at some of them, and just, you know, why are they in the story, you know, what is their role, what is God trying to say to us, and what are we supposed to learn from them, and today we're going to look at kind of a group of characters in the Christmas story that really teach us some important things about being a disciple of Christ, being a Jesus follower, and so being a disciple of Christ is going to be our theme today, and I'm going to use those terms, disciple of Christ, Jesus follower, um, interchangeably, just so you know that. That's what we want to talk about today, because there are some people in the Christmas story that really teach us some important things about being a Jesus follower. So I'm going to read us our scripture. This is from Matthew chapter 2. The Christmas story is in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel. It's not in Mark, and it's not in John. 
and this is Matthew's account. Chapter 2, verse 1, it's up on the screen. Matthew writes, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with golds of present gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And God, we just thank you again just for the season of Christmas and Advent. Lord, the reality, God, that you came down to us in order to die as a man and save us. So Lord, just today, would you just speak to us again? Lord, would you open up our hearts and our minds where we want to be receptive to hear from you? God, I pray that nobody would hear anything from me. Lord, that you would speak and you would change us. Anything I say would fall to the ground as dust and be quickly forgotten and blown away. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know, when you're in the Christmas season, we all know this. Um, this I think this is kind of the general experience. Christmas just is so fun but it is so busy and chaotic if you think about it those kind of three and a half weeks leading up to christmas day and really through christmas day it's so busy and chaotic there's so much going on i mean you've got presents to buy presents to wrap food to cook parties to go to decorations to hang just kind of non-stop there's always something to do um you know you've got family coming to town maybe you're going out of town it's just it's crazy it's non-stop and so i think part of the issue in christmas is a lot of times because it's so busy and there's so much to do, we oftentimes just lose sight of the main point of Christmas, which is to remember and celebrate and worship Jesus for coming down to us as a baby. And it's not that we do that on purpose. We just kind of forget that and kind of lose sight of that in the midst of the chaos. And we have to kind of be intentional about, you know, okay, this is why we're doing it. This whole season is about remembering and celebrating the fact that Christ came down to us. But it's easy to lose kind of sight of that. And I think in the same way, when you talk about following Jesus and being a Jesus follower, we can sometimes lose sight of kind of the main point of being a Jesus follower. And I really do think that as Jesus followers, as people who want to be like Christ and be his disciple, there are some core aspects and issues about being a disciple that we always have got to keep our eye on and always be conscious of and be living towards and living into and living out of. And so today we want to talk about some of those main things in discipleship about following Jesus, that we don't lose sight of those, that we don't kind of let those fall by the wayside, just like we can miss often the main point of Christmas. We don't want to miss the main points, kind of the core issues of following Jesus. And so we want to look at the story of the Magi, this group of people in the Christmas story, because they really do teach us some really important issues, some really important core components of being a Jesus follower. 
you know, this group of men who came into the Christmas story looking for Jesus and found him really teach us some main important issues about following Jesus. Now, their story in Matthew 2, I think, is pretty interesting, the Magi story. Matthew picks up the Christmas narrative, and all of a sudden, the Magi just show up. Now, they have never shown up in the Bible before. We've never seen from them or heard from them, and they just come literally almost out of nowhere. And we're kind of not sure all about them. We don't know too much about them, where they're from, but they are some people looking for Jesus. They're looking for the king of the Jews. Now, it says we saw a star rise in the east. Scholars, their best guesses, they think these magi, by the way, sometimes we call them the wise men, um, magi. They're probably, they think probably somewhere from Persia, maybe Babylon. And all we know about them basically is that they're some kind of astrologers. They study the stars because they say they saw this, you know, the king of the Jews star and they followed it. Now, we don't really know if it was a star or what. Again, there's a lot of theories because it seems to be like a moving star, you know, because they keep following it, and it's kind of strange. Was it a star? Was it an angel? Was it some other kind of supernatural celestial light? We don't know, but these magi saw this star, and they were like, this is important. And again, we have no idea how they knew this star was connected to Jesus. It's a total mystery. But they are like, this star is about the king of the Jews, and we're going to follow it and see where it goes and learn about it. So their story is just very mysterious. We don't know a lot about them. But they go to Jerusalem, and they go to the king of that time, this guy named Herod. Now, Herod wasn't actually a king. He was a Roman governor. Rome had the whole you know, world under its thumb at that time, basically. Caesar was in charge, but um, Herod was just kind of a local ruler. Now, interesting Herod's honorary title actually was King of the Jews. The Roman Senate in 37 BC had said, okay, we're going to call you the King of the Jews. So when the Magi come to Herod and there's like, hey, we're looking for the King of the Jews, this is a huge threat and affront to Herod because that's his title. And one of the things, if you were a Roman governor, like number one rule if you're a Roman governor was never let the people rebel and squash every potential rebellion. So when Herod hears, hey, there's this neat new King of the Jew that's Jews has been born, Herod goes into freakout mode because he knows I've got to find this person and I've got to kill them because that's just how the Roman Empire worked. So the Magi are like, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Herod calls in the Jewish religious leaders and they like, yeah, he's going to be in Bethlehem. So Herod goes to the Magi and says, yeah, you guys go to Bethlehem, find him, and then I'll go and worship him too. But that's not Herod's plan. He's going to go kill Jesus. Um, if you read past what we read in Matthew 2, if you read just a little farther, you'll see that Herod, he ends up killing all the babies in Bethlehem, two years old and younger, um, in order to try to get Jesus, and of course he doesn't. And so the Magi leave Herod, and they go, and they continue to follow the star, whatever it is, and it says it came to you know, kind of stay over this house. And at this point, Jesus, who was born in a manger, in a stable, kind of in a cave, he is now domesticated. He's moved into a house. Like, he's no longer living outside. And so um, the wise men find Jesus. They go in. They find Mary. They find Jesus. And they're just overjoyed because they have sought him. It probably took them weeks, probably months to find Jesus. And so they worship him, and they're overjoyed. And they give him these gifts of gold, frankincense, which is just incense, and myrrh. And so it's this really cool kind of encounter with Jesus, and they worship him. And then God gives them this dream. And then God says, don't go back to Herod, go home another way. So they trick Herod, they double-cross him, and they go home. And that's the story that we read. So 
I think it's just kind of a cool story. It's kind of got a little bit of everything, good guys, bad guys, double-crossing, a little bit of espionage. It's just kind of the whole thing. I think it's really cool. Now, we read that story, and it's like, okay, cool story. Why are the Magi in this, in this account? What's, what's the point of this part of the story? And here's what I would say to you. The Magi are in the story, and their story, I really believe, God wants that to be everybody's story. That the Magi's story, I really believe, is a story that the Lord wants for every person. And here's what I mean. To understand who the Magi were, they were total pagan, non-God worshipers. But they seek out Jesus, they find him, they fall in love with him, and then they follow him. And so their path goes from totally dead sinner to follower of Jesus. That's their story in these 12 verses. And I would say to you that God wants everybody's story to be that story, that every human being on earth, would we're all sinners before we find Jesus, before we get saved, if we do. And so God wants everybody's story. He wants your story and my story to be like the Magi, that we're sinners who become saved, who follow Jesus. And so their story is in the Christmas story because God wants their story to be my story and your story. That we would have the same transformation from sinner to saved to Jesus follower. That's what the Lord wants. And so when you look at the Magi, it's really interesting because for those of us in here who are Christians, you know, we, we're saved. But I want to say this. If you're in this room and you're not a Christian, if you're not a Jesus follower, you are not somebody like, I, I don't know what I think about Jesus and the Bible and faith and all that's not your thing. I would just, I want to challenge you and invite you to really seek to get to know Jesus because he's real. And because he's God. And if you've got questions, you want to talk about it, you can come to me. I'd love to go through that with you. Because I'll tell you this, I didn't always believe it. But I can tell you this, I don't just believe it, I know it's true. So I just wanted to say that. But for the rest of us who already are following Jesus, when we look at the Magi, like we said, there are core things about following Jesus that they show us and that they teach us about what it means to be a disciple. Now, I want to back up a little bit, kind of look at being a disciple kind of from 30,000 feet and just say this. This is so important that we talk about this within the Christmas story because understanding that the mission of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life is to make us more and more into a follower of Jesus. That that's what the Holy Spirit is doing and that's what God wants to do big picture in the earth. If you read Matthew chapter 28, it's a cool passage called the Great Commission. Jesus says, he tells the disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. You know, the mission of the church, God's mission in the earth is to make disciples. It's not just converts, but it's Jesus followers, people that are fully surrendered and live for Jesus and follow him. That's what God is about. And so the main mission of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to make us more and more fully Jesus followers. And so if that's the main mission of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we want to be the kind of disciples that really are, we join with the Holy Spirit and say, okay, God, this is the main thing you're doing in my life is to make me more and more Jesus follower. I want to join with that and be about that and be committed to that, that we would align ourselves with the Holy Spirit's purpose and mission in our lives to be Jesus followers. You know, and this is something that we've got to do constantly. Jesus said in Luke 9, he said, he talked about following him was a daily thing. It's not a one-time decision. It's not a prayer you prayed years ago. But it's a daily life and choice that we live in Christ and love for Jesus that we would be his follower. And so we want to join with the Holy Spirit of what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives to be 
better and better, more fully, more surrendered to be Jesus followers. And so when you talk about being a disciple and being a Jesus follower, that encompasses and just encases so much. I mean, being a Jesus follower, that, that, that's things like tithing, that's about loving your neighbor, dying to yourself, forgiving people, fruits of the Spirit. There's so much to it, and I'm not trying to downplay that. But I really do think there are some core issues about following Jesus that we want to make sure we're always living into and out of. You know, that there are kind of main things. Just like the main point of Christmas is Jesus coming down to us, the main things in discipleship and following Jesus, we need to know these and live into them and live out of them. And the Magi really, I think, show us what some of these core issues are. Now, these are not all the main things I would say about following Jesus, but here's four of them. And they really show us four important things about following Jesus. So let me say, if you want to be a disciple, be the kind of disciple that God wants you to be, these are four things you need and I need and we need to live out of. So the first thing I would say is, and what the Magi show us is, that we need to be people who seek Jesus. That we would seek Jesus daily in our lives. That we would seek him, that we would seek to know him, to be in his presence, to spend time with him in prayer and in his word, in his presence, we need to be these kind of people that we would seek intimacy with Jesus. You know, I already kind of touched on this, but the Magi, it's incredible. Like, they really sought Jesus. Their account starts with, it says, they say, where is the king of the Jews? They're looking for Jesus. And it probably took them months to get to Jerusalem. And they get to Jerusalem just to talk to Herod, so they, that's kind of their first stop to find. It took them for a long time. But they sought Jesus. They gave themselves to it. They risked their lives. They, they took risk. They gave themselves. And nothing was going to stop them from finding Jesus. And we need to be people who seek Jesus. You know, Psalm 27, 4 says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That we need to be people who seek Jesus. That's who God wants you to be. That's what he wants me to be. The second thing I would say is simply this. To be a disciple, the main things we need about is we need to be people who listen to God's voice and do what he says. That's who we need to be, that we would listen to God and do what he says. I'll tell you this. If you want to boil the Christian life down to one thing, it is listening to God and doing what he says. Because that's what Jesus said his main mission in life was. In John 6, Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see the Father doing it. That we need to be people who know God's voice and obey it. That we would listen to Jesus in prayer and through his word and through other people and all the different ways God speaks. That we would listen to him and do what he says. And Jesus said in John 10, he said, my sheep know my voice. You know God's voice if you're a Jesus follower. It's just about learning how to recognize it and then obeying it. That we would be people who listen and obey and do what God says. And that's really, honestly, you can kind of boil the Christian life down to just that if you wanted to. That we would hear God and do what he says. This is one of the second main issue about being a Jesus follower. The third thing I would say is that we just need to be people who worship Jesus. That we just worship him. You know, we see this with the Magi. They find Jesus and they just worship him. Think about that. They're worshiping a baby. Seems kind of strange. I mean, it's not totally weird to us because we know it's Jesus, but that's a little odd, at least in context. But it's because we're made to worship God, that we would worship him. That we would worship God like we do when we come here on Sundays, but in our lives, everything would be for God's glory. 
that we would be a living sacrifice. That's our spiritual act of worship, that we would just worship God, that our lives would give him honor and glory. And this is what the Lord has made you for, to be a worship. That's what he's made me for. And then we did a series on worship a couple months ago, if you were here, and we talked about this, that God has made us to worship. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is about, you know, missions is not the great um, mission of the church. Worship is, because missions exist where worship doesn't. That we're made to be worshipers. And so we want to be the kind of worshipers daily in our lives following Jesus. And the last thing I would say, the fourth thing, kind of the core issue of following Jesus is that we would be people who share the cross. That we would really share the cross. That we would be evangelistic people. That we would seek out people who don't know Jesus and to show, share, and demonstrate the cross. It's kind of interesting in the story with the Magi, the three gifts they bring Jesus, they bring him gold, frankincense, or incense, and they bring him myrrh. And those gifts are actually prophetic gifts about Jesus' death on the cross. Because one, gold is a gift you give a king. Incense you give to someone you think is divine. And myrrh was this embalming substance for when you die. And so what the Magi were doing is they were saying, you are a king, you're divine, and you're going to die. And so the Magi were already pointing to the cross. And we want to be the kind of people in other people's lives that we point to the cross that we would let people know about Jesus, that people in our lives that don't know Christ yet, that we're praying for them, we're sharing with them, we're inviting them to church, whatever it takes, but we would be people who look outward to people who care about those who don't know Jesus yet, that we would share the cross. And so we see these four values and aspects about following Jesus in the Magi, all right, that we would be people who seek Jesus, that we would listen to his voice and do what he says, that we would worship him and share the cross. And if we'll be these kind of people who are about these four things, I think we really will be the kind of disciples, the kind of Jesus followers that we really want to be and that who the Lord wants us to be. And like I've already said, just like we can miss the main meaning of Christmas, we don't want to miss those main things that being a Jesus follower is about. Now, I do want to say, and I've kind of already touched on this, there's a lot to discipleship. I'm not saying that these four things are all it takes to follow Jesus. Not saying that. But I'll say this. I really do think that pretty much following Jesus flows from these four things. That if you and I will be about these four things, the rest of following Jesus will kind of fall into place. If you'll seek him, all right, if you'll listen to him and obey him, if you'll worship him, and you'll share the cross with people, I think everything else really does flow from that. And that the Holy Spirit, if we'll be about these four things, will just make us more and more Jesus followers the way he wants us to be. And this is what we see with the Magi. They really teach us this. It's pretty cool. And like I said, their story is so powerful. It's so interesting to me. And again, they go from sinner to saved to Jesus follower. And the Lord wants that to be everybody's story on earth. And so we want to live into that, and we want to be about these four things. Now, I think sometimes when we talk about the Christmas story, and th- this, is, this is important. This is kind of the whole reason we're talking about this. I think sometimes when we talk about the Christmas story, we kind of have this mentality like the Christmas story, it's about Jesus being born, and that's the end of it. And now that's the main point of the Christmas story is the fact that Christ came down to us. 
But I think sometimes we kind of put it in a box a little bit like, okay, Christmas is about Jesus being born, and it stops there. But that's not how it works. You know, we have to see God's bigger narrative of redemption. And here's the thing. The Christmas story doesn't just begin and end about Jesus being born, though that is the central point. But the Christmas story is the beginning of God's plan of making disciples. It's the start of God's plan of making as many people as he can become Jesus followers in the earth. So the Christmas story doesn't just begin and end with Jesus' birth, but it's the start. It's totally connected to. It's the root of discipleship and being a Jesus follower. Because if Jesus hadn't come as a baby, he couldn't die as a man, then we couldn't become Jesus followers. So I want you to understand this. Really, the goal of Christmas is people becoming Jesus followers. It's the long-range goal of it. That's why Jesus came. He came as a baby to die as a man so that we could be Jesus followers. And so as we talk about this, being a Jesus follower is right at the heart of the Christmas message. It's not just Jesus is a baby and that's it. There's so much more to it. And so being a Jesus follower, becoming a disciple is the goal of Christmas. And so we want to tap into that and live into that. And that's why we're talking about this during the Christmas story. And that's what the Magi story teaches us you know years ago um almost about 30 years ago it was kind of interesting um, my parents had just become christians and um they were pretty hardcore about their faith and they were in love with god and it turned out that christmas uh landed on a sunday and um i know we do this here at martha bowman and the church i grew up in we had a church service on sunday if it was on christmas now, my parents were going to take me and my sister to church, and I was probably like, I think I was eight at the time, and my parents had an open rebellion, and like, they had a mutiny on their hands about taking us to church at Christmas, because we were like, are you kidding me? I didn't, I mean, I wasn't a Christian. Church was, at the time, super boring to me. I didn't want to go. I just wanted to stay home, play with my presents. I wanted to have fun, but our parents, they were like, no, we are going to church on Christmas, and it was... I probably threw a fit of a lifetime, but they made me go, and my sister went. And like I said, my parents were already Christian, and my sister had become a Christian, but I hadn't. And we went to church. I don't even remember the church service, but my parents knew that Christmas was not about toys and presents and, you know, all that stuff that I thought it was about at that age. But they understood that Christmas was about becoming a Jesus follower. And it's kind of cool. I can tell you this. Less than a month later, I became a Christian. A couple weeks later, God moved in my life, and I knew Jesus was real. And I tell you that because I didn't know the meaning of Christmas back then. My parents really did. And I didn't get saved just because I went to church that day, but I do believe it was part of it. But God's grace was already at work in my heart. And a couple weeks after that, the Lord saved me. And just to say that following Jesus, being a disciple, is at the core of the Christmas message. And that we, just like the Christmas message, we don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's about Jesus' birth. We don't want to lose sight of the fact that discipleship is about, there's some main issues with discipleship we want to be about. And that discipleship and Christmas are just like this. And so this Christmas season, we want to commit ourselves, we want to be, commit ourselves to being the best disciples, followers of Jesus we can be. And I think if we want to do that, we'll be about these four things. If we'll be people who seek Jesus, listen to what he says and do what he says, worship him, and to share the cross, we really will be the kind of disciples he wants us to be.
and we'll be the kind of disciples that fulfill the goal of Christmas. So wherever you are in terms of following Jesus in your own life, I just want to invite you to say, you know, to take these four things and say, okay, God, how do I need to bring this into my life more? Now, I'm not saying you're not following Jesus. You're probably doing a good job. But the truth is we can always do better through God's grace. You know, maybe you're here and you haven't been following the Lord like you should have. It's time to make that commitment and live it out. And like I said earlier, if you're here and you're not a Christian, I would love to talk to you. I really would. But we love Advent because God came down to us. But Jesus came down to us. It doesn't stop when he was in the manger. But he became a baby to become a man to die so that we could be his followers. That's the goal of Christmas. And we want to be people who fulfill the goal of Christmas. I'll close with this and I'll invite the band up. We'll have a closing song after my message. I think it's interesting how the Magi story is only 12 verses in the Bible. And it's nowhere else in Scripture. This is the only place they show up. Uh, we don't hear from them or see them before they show up in Matthew 2. They come out of nowhere, and then they just kind of disappear into the pages of history. We never hear from them again after verse 12. It's pretty interesting. Now, they're, the only, in the, they're only in the Bible for 12 verses. Man, what a 12 verses they had. I mean, they are awesome. Because like we said, they go from sinner to saved to Jesus follower. And here's what I want to do. I'll do a little math for you just to kind of get you to think about this. They're only in the Bible 12 verses. Now, there's 31,102 verses in the Bible. If you divide 30, or 12 by 31,102 verses, that comes out to 0.004%. That's how much the Magi are in the Scripture narrative. They're in it for 0.004%. That is nothing. That is almost zero. They are based, they're not even a blurb in the scriptures. I mean, they barely make it in. They're only in it for 12 verses, but man, what a 12 verses they have because they nail it. Now, here's why I'm saying this. You think about your life and mine. We don't know how many years we're going to get. Some people live 20, 30, 50, 100 years, whatever it is for each of us. But our lives in the span of human history and also eternity are a blurb. You know, if you live 100 years, 100 years in the span of human history of eternity is basically very little. It's just a speck of dust. And just like the, the Magi had only 12 verses, but they, get, they had an amazing 12 verses. They get so much out of it that our lives would be as good as their 12 verses. However many years God gives each of us, that we would live lives that mirror and can compare with those 12 verses of the Magi. That's my prayer for me. And that's my prayer for you. Our lives are just a split second in eternity. But let's get the most out of them. And let's fulfill the goal of Christmas. All right, let's pray.